COVID got you down, lost your job, drained the 401k, emptied the college fund? Are you at your wits end living on top ramen selling HJs at the local 7-Eleven? Get rich now. Take what little money you have left and shoot for the stars. Double, triple, or even quadruple your money now at DraftKings.com, a website to make responsible decisions for your financial future. DraftKings.com, where thousandaires become millionaires. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings.com. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to episode 28 of the Dump and Change podcast, coming to you from the Odd Man Rush Brewing Studios, deep in Inga River Valley, a.k.a. Steve Glines' house. Um, I'm your host, Reed McDonald. Been a while since we've all got together and potted. Unfortunately, uh, we were, are without the big ginge again. He's uh, not working this time. He's uh, playing grab ass with his country bumpkin uh, people. Um, in-laws, I should say. I don't know if they're all country bumpkins, but uh, the, way, the reason I say that is because uh, he's a metal guy, I'm a metal guy, and he's been forced to listen to pop country, which is probably horrible. Um, the only good country is the old stuff, and we all know that. Luke um, Bryan. He said that Ozzy, an Ozzy tune came on the radio for like 15 seconds and someone changed it. He was fucking pissed. So <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't freaking blame him. So we're without the, the big ginge, but... A uh, lot going on in the hockey world um, in Alaska, anyway, and we're going to dive into that. We've got a freaking fantastic, uh, fantastic guest who, uh, the Win- Winnipeg boy, done right. He's been up here for a long time, but um, yeah, we're going to get to you in a minute. Um, um, other than that, uh, I'm going to kick it over to uh, Mr. Walter Eunice. The flow is looking very, very gray, and I'll get a little grayer, <laughs> but like still, still fabulous. It, it, the hair is fantastic. The color is what it is. Um, what kind of products you use in that bad boy? Um, so have you seen that all-natural, is it Yeti soap or whatever? They make a shampoo as well. Yeah. And, the uh, Squatch? Is that the yeah, Squatch? The squatch. Squatch, yeah. yeah. So it's all organic. Like I guess you're not supposed to shampoo your hair every day. Right. I, would, I mean, I don't know why. I guess there's oils in it that you're supposed to keep. Not yep. that uh, either of our past two guests used much shampoo. Um, but that's all true, right. Yeah. True. True. Yes. Yeah. Um, so can I, can I start with shout outs? Are we good with yeah. some shout outs? Um, so whenever we get guests on here, Reed and I and, and Glines and Hayo and, and Ginge try to reach out to people that are, you know, mutual friends um, that could give us any funny stories or info on people. And I reached out to a handful of people about this guy. And I just want to say, uh, Mark and Jack Carrick and Chris King, thank you very much. You guys are awesome. Uh, Merritt and DeCaro, you guys are scumbags, and you can lose my number for not calling me back. All right. Um, another another uh, shout out I have is uh, Heyo's daughter, who brought Coach Wild and myself coffee to every hockey game um, at the Mac Center. Um, Fairbanks trip. I was in Fairbanks last weekend. Dub hurt his hip, and there's a doctor up there named Do- uh, Dr. Todd uh, Capistrant. He does fascial distortion. Uh, he literally went to Sensation Cryo twice a day and compressed hip compression therapy once a day for five days with okay results but still never returned full range of motion. This guy jumped on his hip, found some fascial tissue that was out of place, and then proceeded to use his thumb 
to force it back where it was supposed to go. It looked really fun um, as Dub was twisting on trying not to scream. And uh, literally after a minute he got up, he had full range of motion again. Um, so Dr. Todd Capistrant, thank you. Um, while up there, I'd like to also thank Dr. Well, I mean, he's a dentist. Do we call those doctors? Yeah. Eh, okay. Sure, why not? Uh, Dr. Dennis Dirk Menard at uh, Nanook Dental for taking care of Dub's teeth and making him a new mouth guard. And uh, Coach Kerry Halfley, thank you for all the ice time wire up there. Um, one thing I did do while I was up there that I haven't got to do in a long time is I went to a hockey game. And it was freaking awesome. Even with 1,100 fans. You went to junior hockey. Game. Yes. Ice dog game. Yes. Yeah. Even with no. 1,100 fans. Rob Prophet. Fucking unbelievable Legend. job. Uh, Legend. It, uh, unreal. So, Rob Prophet, your product is second to none, and that game was beyond entertaining. And funny story, game winner scored by a kid from Janesville, Wisconsin, I believe. He was in the dentist office the day before because he got his two front teeth knocked out in front of the net, and uh, uh, Dr. Dentist, <laughs> Dirk Bernard, put some epoxy or something on there just to, so the nerve endings weren't exposed anymore, and he scored the game winner um, that night. But... Uh, so awesome to have uh, junior hockey back in Alaska and uh, actually a nice segue, you know, to yeah. what we have to come. Well, Prophet, I was, he was on my list, too, as a friend of the pod because he, he had texted me a while back. And maybe I said that. In the, I don't think I have. We haven't have recorded for a while. But, yeah, he, he loves it. And he's, a, he's an old school uh, northern Michigan boy. And, yeah, you get a couple pops in him. And it's uh, like you're right back in the uh, dive bar in uh, Marquette, <laughs> Michigan, having a good time. But, uh, yeah, friend of the pod, Prof. We're going to get to uh, talk about more about him in a minute. Uh, other guys, I got Cody Reeky, uh, Eagle River boy, Cody. Coach Coach Reek's youngest boy. He uh, he actually sent us some money, uh, and I'm not sure how much money he sent us, but uh, he was such a friend of the pod. Uh, he actually sent us cash. So you other friends of the pod, if you're getting mentioned on here, get your get your shit together and send us the cash. Um, another one, Ben Fraley, uh, son of legendary Bart the Bears coach Bob Fraley. Uh, he he's been listening to. Uh, the, the, actually, he said he was uh, really entertained by the Dennis, um, Dennis pod, Coach Sorensen pod. So uh, that was fun. Uh, the other one is uh, Doc Dave Johnson. He's the uh, used to do some stuff with the Aces. Uh, big supporter of the Aces back when the Aces were the Aces. Uh, he does a podcast called Bullets to Beans. He does a lot with veterans and uh, coffee and whiskey. Are his two other passions. Uh, and he's in the process of combining the two, and so he does this. He roasts his own beans with whiskey, and then he ages them. He says it's phenomenal. I'm trying to get some to to, uh, to sample. Um, so he's uh, also he turned me on to there's a uh, national podcast convention we could go to if we had any money. Again, you guys, if you're getting your name on here, uh, send us more cash so we can go. Um, and that would be fun to go to in Nashville, of all places. I don't know how much potting we do down there. But, uh, but Dave wants to get – he thinks we should get, like, us, some other local Eagle River podcast together for a bullshit session. I think it would be a great idea. Maybe get Scott Moore on here. <laughs> Scott, send us your money. 100 bucks minimum, buddy. It's a buy-in. Uh, also, that Bullets and Beans, the absolute – Best logo. Best. Unreal logo. Yeah. Unreal. Whoever yeah. did that design or thought of that. That I was mean, Doc. And you can't go wrong with a cock and balls. That's all I'm going to say. And maybe that just shows our maturity level. Like, I, I, um, love, it. I love his logo because it's in cock and balls. Um, I don't know if I've got one here. If I have one, I will. Uh, I think I might have one in there. We'll, we'll give one to, to our guest here, okay. Coach Morris. <laughs> right so. um, we're going to kick it over to uh, executive producer. Get ready with your button. 
unbutton your uh i'm going button free oh wow wow he's live i made made sure it was ready this time no no mute button uh mr steve glines what's up boys welcome back i just been enjoying that sunshine in the way of uh, yard work and uh, odd man rush enforcer ipas late into the evening with the with the sun um yeah working on phase two of the studio getting into the landscaping soon and the paving and and whatnot uh, did have a little trip down to Nashville, Smashville. Checked out the uh, the Preds beating up on the Red Wings six to one. Uh, got there just in the nick of time. Puck drop after a long day of flying, but uh, and then just uh, did a bunch of honky tonking after that. Uh, Aaron had a couple uh, trips to uh, Fort Hood, Texas, in between, so I had some daddy daycare uh, duties going on there. But uh, yeah, we got through it and we had a lot of fun. And uh, gosh, I'm just looking forward to summer. It's been a great spring. No, it it has. It's a uh... A little cold out there right now, but uh, it's not snowing, so I'll take it. Well, a couple episodes from now, we might just have that door up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. What now? You uh, are sold out for what the fifteenth consecutive year for your, for the your tournament? Great shirt, sweatshirt today, hoodie. Yeah. Thank you. So we're, uh, this is the tenth anniversary of Man Rush Invitational Golf Tournament. Tenth uh, annual. We've been sold out for about five, <clears throat> five years. One hundred forty-four golfers, thirty-six teams, shotgun start. Uh, it's gonna be fantastic. June fifth. Looking forward to it. Is uh, you going alcohol free this year? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Next not question. an option. Next question. <laughs> not an option. Uh, and then we're gonna kick it over to uh, lead technical wizardry. Uh, you are the technical wizard, uh, Kevin. Hey, hey, what's happening? What's going on, buddy? Not much. Uh, I just want to say, uh, Coach Wild, uh, Coach Wald, thanks for letting us uh, stream those high school games. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, use some of the pod equipment to support the high school program. So I know the parents enjoyed it. Um, commentary, sorry, Johnny Schroeder, but it was fun. I was, I was glad we got an opportunity to kind of use some I, of our I gear. heard they weren't bad. I heard they are no, pretty good. I, I tell you what, Johnny only cursed one time. That's not bad. One time. It's not and bad. It was, it, was, it was great. That's quite the booth. I mean, two ERHL penalty minute legends working together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> penalty minutes? Or are we talking game suspensions? Which yeah. what are we talking about here? Potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, working with Johnny is uh, definitely a trip. Uh, I was warned, uh, but it, it worked out. So nobody killed anybody. John, John's a, he is a, he's, he's a passionate man with whatever he's he doing. He called me more than my wife did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who's happy, here right now? Ha- Who's happy, here right now? Happy 10th year anniversary. Yeah, too. it's coming up. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. Good job. You've made it. Yeah. Made 10, it years? 10 years? 10, man. Anyway. Oof. That a boy. I know. Boy. It's uh, more like at a girl. Call me when you get to 20. <laughs> call me when you get to 20. And it gets really tough. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, one more thing from the back table, Rito. Uh, if I'm a little distracted today, that's because I'm on my DraftKings fantasy app. Uh, Puck just, yeah, Puck just dropped in uh, Detroit. Uh, it's, I think, the first day in this season where there's only one fucking game on so i've got a, a fantasy team drafted out of uh, two teams playing so uh puck just dropped so as we record today i'm either going to be a big winner or as the last month has gone oh my wife's here too shit uh <laughs> we're up baby we're up anyway DraftKings fantasy app puck drop go well uh, speaking of nhl swayman just killing it right now um bf what is eight, eight games he's six and two something like that is that, is that good pretty correct um, yeah, he's crushing it. Sounds like he's kind of forcing the door and forcing the hand to get in there. So good for him. He's, he's yeah, killer. Yeah, you nice. get the you know, opportunity. He's kicking the door in. You know, excuses will always be there. Opportunity won't. So he got his chance, and he's going to make it real hard for them to say, mm, we're going to go back the other direction. And you know what? Good for him. It, it, uh, I think that we could all see it sitting around the table with him and his dad that uh, 
he was going to, if he ever got that chance, it was going right. to be real tough to wrestle it back away from him. And, and I mean, fair to call him best friend of the pod. Although if he's listening, you have ghosted me twice on a text and you never did before you were in the national league. So he ghosted me too, but I'm sure Ooh. he said he had like 500 te- or 600 okay. texts. So me and Rita so he's not going to, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Not big it's deal. fine. You know what? You're still best friend of the pod. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. fine. Keep doing what you do. Uh, another, another Alaskan boy doing great out there. So you would love to see that. Um, for, so for me at home, I got Suddy and the tarps off boys are getting back at it. Washing windows. Um, I thought Suddy moved out. Suddy moved out and he's, he's kind of, he's got the best of both worlds, okay. both worlds. We don't charge him rent yet. He throws us minimal cash for food. Um, <laughs> he, he lives like a horse. That means, he lives that at means Connor, zero money, zero money. He lives at Connor. Connor Canterbury. He's got a house as like grandma gave him. So they're, they're living rent free. And so he just kind of comes and goes when he wants to eat. He comes home when he wants to party with the boys and hang out and do whatever they do over there. Yeah. Uh, debauchery. Uh, they ha- hangs out there. So he's just loving it right now until we started charging him rent. That is, but yeah, he gets um, up after I cook you and I breakfast. Yeah. We had sausage today. It was great. Yeah, and, and, eggs, and like, then he gets up and me and Reed have these tiny little plates and, Sutton eats like three quarters pound of moose sausage yeah. by himself. Jesus. We only had three freaking eggs in the house too, but that's, that's part of the course. Shonda. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Sutton, uh, and his buddies are doing the tarps off. So, uh, you, I don't know wherever you want to get a hold of him. I don't know. Uh, call me or call, uh, uh another GM, uh, Walter. <laughs> don't, call, is, don't call me. It, don't call him. Um, uh, waiting for Cam to come home. Cam gets home here a couple of weeks. We'll be looking forward to seeing him. Actually, I met his girlfriend, da 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 Donna, uh, this morning while I was taking a shit. Uh, he FaceTimed me. <laughs> and, of course, it's like, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, what do you think I'm doing? You know what my bathroom looks like? And, and so I, I had an awkward conversation. Yeah, you know there. what time it is. Yeah. But, um, and then Gab's having a good time, um, growing, still growing. He's towers over me and Cam now. Cam's all pissed about that for sure. But uh, boy, loved watching him play last night. Uh, just real confident right now with the with, with the uh, yeah. on his tape. He jumped in the offensive rush numerous times. It, it was uh, he, yeah. He's yeah. A the big, best long... advice I, I give him is uh, you got to put a little more asshole in your game. And, and sandpaper. Coach Morris can uh, can attest to that. Speaking of assholes, there's no real good players unless they're really really good that are. Not assholes and, you know, a little, little, little edge on him. He, so. Well, he was, he, he was fun to watch last No, he was, he was sure. getting in. He, there, and actually, so. I did get an in-between period. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. <laughs> I was yelling it through the Zamdors, too. Hey, bud. <laughs> on the draw. That was funny. Yeah. So, um, quick story uh, about the boys. So, um, this, is, this is a life lesson for all you married guys and um, talking to you, Hale, uh, as your boys get bigger and older. Uh, so, constant battle. You can probably, Coach Morris probably knows this too. Constant battle, keeping the kitchen clean, just with the freaking boys. They don't give a shit. They eat, they leave their shit everywhere. Farm animals. Yeah. They leave their shit. Gavin leaves his uh, uh, old spaghetti plate out there. I can't believe the dogs didn't get it. Then I go to clean my room, and I don't know how long this plate of, uh, looked like it was probably uh, peanut butter, jelly toast. Under, under my dresser, it had been there for like, Two months. Under your dresser? Well, cause sometimes when I leave out of town, they'll, 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 the guys will sleep in my bed. So they're eating in my freaking oh, bed. Geez. So anyway, I come home the other day, and the freaking kitchen is fucking destroyed. I mean, we're talking bacon grease Shonda. everywhere. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to clean it. So I take before and after pictures, and I freaking detail this thing, Coach. Detail. It's, it's tits. So I send that to the group chat, like before and after photos to everybody. I'm like, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what you guys fucked me on. Like, this is what we're looking. Shonda type 
chirps in, oh, you're getting sex tonight. I'm like, fucking yes. She doesn't realize she's on the group text. So then the boys go, boys go, oh, Jesus, God, that's gross. Oh, yeah, gross. That, that got into another conversation, which I'm not going to get into uh, regarding porn and masturbation, but uh, we're going to leave that alone. Um, but I just say they're all normal in that regard. Just take it for, for whatever you want to take it with. But uh, So, yeah, that's it. And, and um, yeah, she came through, so it was great. It's nice days. when she contract gets paid. So, I mean, that's the thing. I tell young guys, like, you really want to, you know, the roses and the whatever, you know, buying her stuff is, is great. But doing the dishes, laundry, case, vacuum, laundry, vacuum. cleaning, keep us up. That's you get way more guys. Gets, you gets get way more life lesson. Sure. And you're welcome. Send me that money. Um, Where do we send money? Did we do I we have know. an address that we send money to, or did like a Venmo or something? We got, we got our Square store. You can, call you Steve. Know. Call Steve. And uh, one more thing on Gavin. Um, I'm not going to beat up beat you up on on air while for the you know getting swept by Eagle River this year. But I'll let I'll let Gav do the chirping on that one because Gav's got way better chirps. So we're just going to leave that one alone. <laughs> but that was a good game last night. Good game. Um, it, it was an entertaining game. Good game. Skill level. Mm, yeah, mm, uh, but it was an entertaining game, and, and, and everybody, you know. All rivalries play, are. Played, played all tough. All rivalries are. Um, I think I'm just going through Nashville, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I got oh, one more thing. I'm not, I'm not a guy who watches a lot of MMA or the, the <laughs> fights and shit, but I did get sucked into, thanks to Gavin, this uh, freaking, I'm going to call him a clown, Jake Paul. Okay, the Jake Paul fight versus the, with the Ben Askren. So, Whenever that fight was, it was a Friday night, and I was bored, mildly interested, and I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. So I bought it for 50 bucks. So You got sucked in. I got sucked in. The best part about it was seeing, um, like, Ice Cube, Snoop, Love Snoop. Snoop Loop. Snoop Dogg, and then the other rapper was uh, Too Short. Oh, yeah, get in where you too fit short. in. Too Short. We did a couple of those. Anyway, and all the twerking and stuff, big fan of that. It was great. The, 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 the production was great. But back to the fight. Um, not a fan of the whole thing. It's so... <laughs> that dude was shaped like a pear. Well, the guy he's fighting is not even a boxer. He's out of shape, and he's got a nose like Tim Hunter, and you know what I'm talking about. He's just been beat to shit, and he got beat to shit again. Whether it was staged or not, it may have been staged, but the whole thing. Jake Paul's a YouTuber, got money doing fucking nothing, and then he wants to fight all these... Pay these guys to fight him and stuff. It's like, if you're that good then do like every other boxer and go from wherever they start and work your way up and fight the big boys but so i i hate that whole thing and then the two two little girlies that are they look like they're six fifteen sixteen they're given the belt i'm like gavin who are these who are these people oh they're the uh, famous tiktokers i'm like jesus christ it, it's just everything i stand uh, against but um so yeah I, it was it was entertaining but i'm not into it yeah. And he's got a brother that's going to fight someone? Yeah, Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they're offering up big money to these guys. Like, I think they offered Conor McGregor like five million bucks or 50 million bucks or something to get in the ring with him. And, you know. It's stupid. It, it, it is dumb. And it would be nice if they just fought a boxer. Just fight a boxer. Right. Right. You're, you're picking chumps to fight and <laughs> and and people like reed are getting sucked in by their friggin kid to spend 50 bucks to watch it and he right. pro how much money did he make i mean he made he probably made a shit ton of money askrin or both oh yeah everyone uh, snoop had a two million on the who knows if it's it seems all fake news to me but uh and okay real quick how about that chris weidman is it weedman the guy who broke his leg recently you uh -huh. see that you see that Dead. oh 
No, I didn't. Oh, he, he goes to kick the guy in the leg, and they go leg to shin to shin and just, just shatters it. his freaking lower leg. Yeah. Then he goes to reset and goes to step back on it. Well, guess what? It's just like... <laughs> Ah, uh, I could not watch it. It just it gives me the willies. But so anyway, yeah. I decided to get that off my chest. I think that's bullshit. The uh, Paul guy. I don't even know his name. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, one more thing about Big Ginge. Uh, where's the whiskey? You can give it to Coach Morris if you want. <laughs> it, what what is it? It's a it's a it's a Scottish single malt whiskey. What what's I don't know. Lop song lop whatever. Fucking horrible, Ginge. Like, you I know. You freaking regifted that. That was a regift. That was a regift. Hundred percent. Because that it tastes it, like burnt rubber. It tastes like peat dog shit, burnt with hair or whatever. I mean, it's 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 horrible. What's it called? I, and I'm sorry. They, they, maybe they do make some good whiskey, but that's not it. Go ahead and take a pull of this. I don't even know how you say that, but uh, you'll have to have a poll here because well, it is. I mean, look how much is gone. That, you, just, that tells you all you need to know. It was on the table for an entire podcast, and that's how much is we're gone. We're going to give them a little free advertising. Can you see that? Yeah. Uh, but, so, Ginge, yeah. we're, we're actually going to wrap this up and give it back yeah, to you. Not a big fan. <laughs> not a big fan. Not a big fan. Anyway, w- without further ado, um, we're going to get into uh, our guest here. Very excited. Uh, Walter Eunice, do what you do, buddy. We've been waiting for this guy for a while, um, and we got the right time to do it right now. Um, so without further ado, if you've ever walked into a local hockey rink and heard a seal barking from the player's bench, then you probably have already been around our next guest. Born and raised in lovely Manitoba, Canada in 1971, he developed an early knack for finding the back of the net. His scoring touch would bring him to Alaska for a four-year career at the University of Alaska Anchorage Seawolves, where he notched 61 bingos, all Division I. During his time here, he also managed to squeeze in a season with Team Canada in 92-93, is that good? As well as be selected in the 12th round, number 245 overall in the NHL entry draft. His best pro hockey was played for the Columbus Chill, where he racked up 104 goals and 136 assists over three seasons. After concluding his pro career in 02, he found his way back to his alma mater as an assistant coach for three seasons, UAA 2003 to 2006. Since that time, he has coached local youth teams of every age and every level. He's played a large role in the start and growth of both the South Anchorage and Alaska Oilers and is a fixture at the newly named Royal Business Systems Ice Center. Most recently, our next guest has been tasked with leading Alaska's very own Anchorage Wolverines as director of hockey operations as they embark on their inaugural season in the North American Hockey League. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, husband to Tracy and father to Cameron, Cooper, and Carter, none other than Mr. Keith Morris. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> Thanks, Walter. That was uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, history through my uh, hockey career, but uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, we've, uh, like I told you before we started, um, everyone knows you as a coach and as a player, but um, I actually forgot how much of a stud you actually were on the ice i mean you were you were legit um you know i'm gonna call you white collar a little bit um and i got a story that turbo gave me white collar. he's a white collar guy yeah uh but um so we like to start these off i mean obviously we're gonna get into uh your new gig uh with the uh the nulls i think newest franchise maybe not they do a lot but uh the wolverines it's good to have uh hockey back in in uh in uh, Anchorage for sure, but we want to start kind of like we do always and kind of go back to uh, your kind of hockey journey as a player and then as a coach and then kind of bring us up to date. Then we'll get into the into the weeds with the uh, the uh, new team here. So um, so you're from Winnipeg? Yep, 
Yeah. Probably I, started probably started uh, real early. He, yeah. You know, uh, got into hockey at real young age, four or five years old, like a lot of kids up yeah. here in Alaska do. And, um, you know, hockey in Manitoba at the time was a real passionate uh, sport. I mean, you had the Winnipeg Jets from the WHA days before the NHL. Um, Bobby Hall, um, Anders Hedberg, Alf Nielsen, and um, uh, tremendous success um, that the organization had in the in the 70s before they uh, went to the uh, NHL in 1979. So, you know, um, grew up playing in South Winnipeg and and played AAA hockey in 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 the area and. Um, you know, back then, you know, there was five, six teams just in, in Winnipeg that were AAA teams. The, you could go across the city and get tremendous, uh, competition and, 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 um, and then, you know, if you did one trip out to, uh, Minneapolis, which was eight hours South, uh, that was the, the big trip of the year. But, uh, hockey was, uh, um, a real passionate game in, in, uh, you know, Western Canada at the time. So, um, back in 1982, um, there was a group of businessmen in, in, uh, Winnipeg. There was a team, uh, the Winnipeg Blues that were struggling, uh, financially and, um, a group of, uh, local businessmen bought the team. My, my dad was one of the gentlemen that bought it. And, so was your, uh, was your dad a player too? As no, well? no. My dad was the guy that was on the uh, ice in Sorrells. He never played. So, <laughs> nice. uh, but you know what? He was a, a real passionate guy and, and loved hockey. And um, these, uh, you know, local businessmen saved the team, which turned out to be, uh, uh, you know, a lifelong thing for my dad. He, he owned the team for 37 years and wow. uh, just wow. sold it. Just sold it to uh, the Winnipeg Ice uh, ownership uh, two years ago. And, um, um, you know, most of the guys that we grew up with just played in 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 Winnipeg for, for the Blues. And, you know, you'd hear about tryouts, you know, now where you get 100 kids trying out. I mean, we would have 30 guys trying out for the team because they were all just the local guys that grew up together. So had a, a, a great junior experience. Um, you know, was uh, rookie of the year in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, and I was a 17-year-old and graduating from high school. And uh, um, amazingly, Brush Christensen showed up in Winnipeg to recruit, and I I probably could have had some opportunity to stay and and play another year at junior, but I'd already played as a 16-year-old and as a 17-year-old, and I I I I looked at it as a, a you know, life skill, you know, I'll go up and live in Alaska. A lot of people at the time back in, in the eighties, they from Manitoba, they would have never gone to Alaska. I thought it was going to be a great life experience, play four years and then probably go back to Manitoba and, and work in our family business and, um, and how things change, you know, you, you come up here and it was an unbelievable, um, experience I had at, at UAA. It was, uh, um, you know, three years we made the NCAA tournament, had the great run my sophomore year when we uh, beat Boston College. And um, and uh, quite frankly, probably the third year was our best team. And uh, uh, just outstanding guys, passionate guys. Um, and, and it was when they, the NCAA went to a one-game uh, play-in and, and Darren Madley got us in Detroit. And um, uh, But – 
it was a tremendous experience and um, um, and then I had a chance to go play for the Canadian national team after my junior year so um, you know how, how, how big was that I mean playing for your country, you know what it was uh, it was it was unbelievable and, and as as you know with with Cam getting the uh, um, opportunity to try out for Team USA this year and 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 having that opportunity just to be wear the jersey and be part of uh, the program it was uh, it was an amazing experience a um, lot of really good guys that that have done great things in the game of hockey played on that team and um, it was uh, fantastic and then I was I was blessed you know to be able couldn't get a contract out of uh, the, the national team uh, came back for my senior year which was the first year of the WCHA we had gone from independent yeah. to the WCHA and um, it probably was my favorite year favorite year of, of playing there we, we had a, a great group of guys I I I literally went from being the youngest guy on the team uh, my junior year to then becoming the oldest on the team. I, I had, uh, like a lot of uh, a lot of guys up here, met my wife, Tracy. Um, she was a, a, an athlete, a volleyball player at UAA, and um, came back, and, and some of those guys on that team, Jack Kowal, Jeremy Millamuck, Glenn Thornborough, still to this day some of the closest friends I have. So, Captain um, that year? What's that? Captain that year? Was, yeah, and, um, you know, probably uh, with my experience, came back and was able to ho hopefully look back at it, help the team in a, in a year where we were, we, we almost got home ice advantage that year. We finished sixth, had to go to Northern and uh, play in the playoffs, which was a great um, series that we had there, but fell a little bit short. But, uh, you know, looking back at my uh, UA playing experience, just, fantastic I drove, I drove to that game me and my tech buddies because it's like two hours yeah and so we, we i went to that game we got tickets i think we got tickets from some of the northern players because a lot of boys that i played with you know like dallas drake and those guys and and uh yeah but they you guys had a hell of a team northern was fucking hell of a team back then too they, they were stunts. and uh you look back at uh maybe one of the best um uh, um college teams ever put together and um so it, it, it was great and and you know, after I, I'd finished um, uh, at UAA, I, I, I tried, I went out and did the what most guys do. We tried pro. Uh, I was a draft pick of the Jets, so I had an opportunity Pretty to. special, uh, getting drafted yeah, by hometown. Yeah, no, hometown team. And, yeah. and um, uh, John Paddock, who's now the GM of the, the Regina Pats, was the GM at the time, a Manitoba guy. And um, it, was, it was a great experience. Unfortunately, that year was the year of the strike. And... Um, a lot of players got, you know, pushed down and, and, uh, but it was another, you know, meant to be type of situation. I went to, uh, Chicago's farm system at the time, which was, uh, Columbus, uh, in the East coast hockey league. I had a great, you know, three year, uh, uh, run there. And, um, and then, and then, you know, I, I decided to retire at the time and, uh, kind of, you know, dabbled and got into coaching. I was 28 years old. I knew nothing. I, I knew less than nothing. I mean, it was, uh, um, you know, when they say that uh, you have smart players, they, they were smarter than the coach at the time. So, um, you know, it was, uh, but it was a life-changing deal for me. I, I, I got into coaching, was, was passionate about it. And, um, and then I started uh, learning the trade and I uh, was fortunate enough uh, uh, after a few years um, working for Mike Hastings when he was with Omaha. I was the, the literally the first scout that 
the USHL ever had. Mike saw a vision that the game was changing and hired me before I came back up here for two years to scout in the Midwest. And it was uh, it was a great opportunity to learn how to how to evaluate players and 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 see the game maybe from a different lens. So uh, and then you know came back to work for John Hill and um, had a just a. a, a a great opportunity to come back and work at the school you played at. And, um, um, you know, we had the great run my first year on, on the staff to go to the final five, which was uh, special. Um, and, um, and, 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 you know, and then, you know, in life, there's lots, lots of things change. There was a coaching change and, and uh, certainly the, uh, um, you know, um, th there was changes on the staff, which uh, happens. And, and, um, Tried to stay maybe in coaching. I was a finalist at, at Bowling Green for assistant job and um, and and RPI. But um, Scott Pallock, who was the coach at at Bowling Green at the time, um, had when I was down there for my interview, he he, he said, uh, you know, there's this American development model that is coming out, and there's a chance I'm gonna, you know, possibly get the job in the Midwest here. And I said, I still want the job. But uh, I understand if, 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 if you go a different direction. He called me, he said, you know, they went with kind of a local guy. And every time I see him now over the last 15 years, I thank him for not dragging me to Bowling Green for a year. And, and, then, I, and then he would have left. So um, well, it's a like, it, the common theme, like I got buddies at coach. It's a, it's a tough gig, man. Tough gig. You guys like Davis Payne and uh, oh, yeah. Ron Rolson who coaches it. It's, it's a – kind of a shitty business I said I mean pack your, your shit and leave and yep. from here to there with your family and it's just and yeah, uh you so know I wasn't sure what I was going to do and af after the coaching deal and and Cameron and Cooper my my older boys uh started the learn to skate program at at Subway in South Anchorage and literally the next day uh, Mike Walsh and Annetta Powell from South Anchorage came over to the house and asked me if I wanted to be the program director at at South Anchorage and, you know, still wanted to coach, still wanted to, you know, still had that, that itch to try to, you know, climb the ladder and continue on. But I had young kids at the time. The boys were only four, and it was an absolute life changer. And I um, was able to, to, to build a program and um, be involved in, in the game of hockey, still coach. Um, I coached other teams when the boys were younger and then I was fortunate enough to be able to coach them when when they were coming up so um it was it was great my my Tracy was starting to get back into her career um after having kids you know she's uh in the banking business so um and we were able to stay in in Alaska and um it wouldn't change anything now for 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 anything it was it was just a it's been a fantastic last 15 years was yeah. there ever any consideration to go back home or, or did was the was the plan always to come to back to Alaska you, you know what it, it really wasn't um you know we were we, we Tracy and I and and when the boys were were young I mean we were ready to go anywhere that's part of the journey right um but you know, coming back home to to work here was 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 fantastic. Um, uh, working at UAA with Jack and and uh, John, it was uh, um, it was kind of like it was when we were playing, right? Um, the all alumni staff was um, uh, a real special yeah, time. People cool. people that were real passionate about about oh, UAA hockey. Yeah. And um, but you know what? Um, 
had maybe had some opportunities to to uh, you know go back to Canada and and probably probably coach in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League or whatever. But you know what, we we looked at it as a um, this is what we were going to do, and and um, it wouldn't change anything. Now it was, it's been fantastic. Well, I mean, I think most of the if there's any kids listening to this, I hope there's not too many. But um, a lot of a lot of these guys know you as as the coach. I mean, that's about all they know you as because they weren't around back in the the nineties. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. You just turned fifty, right? I did, 50, I did. I did. So, I, yeah, it's I a, was. Uh, it's a I was here in uh, Steve saying he was in Nashville. I was in Nashville for my fiftieth birthday. Uh, Carter had a tournament down there with. Uh, Coach Zapperzan's team, and um, um, and um, it was a fantastic uh, uh, weekend of of being able to to play hockey, but also too is to turn fifty in Nashville. It's like the Vegas of the Midwest. So yeah, it was big time. It was it was, uh, it was fantastic. And did uh, you do any honky tonking? Um, I am uh, I'm a pretty laid back guy, but uh, we we enjoyed the uh, nightlife. It was good. Yeah. yeah. So speak of the coaching, I mean that's one of the one of the things that I like to ask. Like when do you when were you bit by the coaching bug or was it something that as a player you always knew you wanted to do or is it something like, Hey, I just wanna keep involved with the game, keep going? Well, no, I, I think that um, you know, I, I was a I was a phys ed major, educator. Um, um I was always um intrigued by coaching. I, I thought that um it would have been a a, a, a really good extension from from playing you know you you make that step and I had no problem making it like when I was done playing I I knew I was done and then I wanted to move on and um, um, it was it was something that I always was intrigued about being able to develop put together a, a, a plan for kids or or college area to have success and um it was it was something that was an easy transition for me to to get into. So, um, you know, I know that people always say, you know, they kind of fall into it or whatever. No, I I wanted to coach. I always wanted to be involved in hockey. And and um, after I was I was done, I think, you know, from my family situation when my dad bought the team and, and with that group of guys back in 1982, it was a it was just one of those deals that you could be part of the game of hockey after you're playing. Well, and when we're going to get into the – is dad going to be uh, – have you been picking dad's brain on uh, anything on the uh, – No, you know what? Um, he's uh, um, he's he's kind of stayed out of it. Do we get him on what? the staff maybe at some point? Uh, no, no. He, he's uh, he's certainly <laughs> retired. But, you know, he was – he was uh, it was very uh, fortunate for my, my parents. that You know, Cameron and Cooper played in the Manitoba Junior Hockey yeah. League for the last two years. For the, and uh, they were in Nipawa, and uh, yeah. the coach of the team, Ken Pearson, uh, long, long time friend, uh, one of the legendary uh, junior A coaches in, in Western Canada. Um, he had uh, uh, made the move to, to Nipawa two years ago, and he brought Cameron and Cooper on. They, we, you know, they're dual citizens, so they were able to go to Canada earlier nice. than maybe some American player, but. Um, it was uh, it was an amazing experience. It was great for uh, you know my sons to be around their grandparents. Uh, they came to almost every game, That's and awesome. um, um, you know, and and um, so it was it was it was good. And I'm glad that uh, they were able to have that experience uh, over the last two years so oh that's awesome so when you especially in western canada canada is the you know mecca of hockey still um it, how much pressure was there when it, when you're coming up playing junior hockey to go to like the 
the Western League or the Ontario Hockey League and, and go that route? Was that a – you probably were recruited. Um, well, I was. And, and it, it, Reed, it's a, it's a great comment. You know, um, the Western Hockey League is still the mecca for uh, kids that want to be pros. Yeah. And um, even to this day, um, the probably the administration or the, the fundamental – um, direction that the league is going has changed. Um, back when I was a kid, you 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 were you were added to protected list. Now the WHL has a draft, and um, you your your protection is based on on drafting or going to free agency, adding adding a kid to your to your uh, fifty man list. It's a kid in Western Canada growing up wants to play for the Regina Pats, or he wants to play for the Vancouver Giants, um, they want to become pros and they see it on hockey night in Canada on Saturday night and that's what they want to attain to. And the Western Hockey League and, and major junior hockey in Canada is still a, a, a major um, developer of, of professional talent. So, you know, um, I always uh, was intrigued by it, but um, – I always wanted to go the college route. I just wanted to go there. You know, I grew up watching North Dakota um, in the old Engelstad Arena yeah. and uh, Bobby Joyce and Tony Herkus and um, elite, elite level players. And, and it was something that, that I, I always wanted to aspire to. Never in ever in my life I would have thought I'd play college hockey in Alaska, yeah. but uh, what, a, uh, what a blessing it's been for us. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, well that that's changed too. I mean, you see a lot more pros coming out and good ones coming out of NC two A than you did like twenty years ago, thirty years ago. It's crazy. Well, I, I think that um, it's it's becoming. Uh, there's a lot of factions to that. Read, you know, first off, you, it's free development for the teams. You can keep a, a a player that is protected by you in the NCAA. And he could be there for four years. He's getting unbelievable off-ice training. He's not playing uh, 100 games a year like maybe Major Junior is. Uh, they don't have to make a decision on the player um, as early as they have to do in Major Junior Hockey. After you've drafted a player, you have one year to keep them on, the, on, on your uh, negotiation list. And after that year, they can go back into the draft. So, um, and... You know that the the teams are are the teams in the NHL and and knowing a lot of guys that are are in the NHL, they like the the whole development model of what's going on in college. Um, you know, certainly there's some older players that come out that are free agents, but if you draft a younger player and you put him in college for four years, you are going to get a totally different athlete when he comes out and. Um, I think also too is the American game has improved. You know, Big time, you're yeah. seeing areas of the country that that now have na the National Hockey League in in southern sport Dallas, areas. Dallas, 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 Nashville, Nashville, uh, California. You know, yeah. um, you're seeing areas that are have massive Florida. populations, massive populations, and you're having kids. Uh, get into the game of hockey. So, Same way that you did watching them on TV. And you got some coaches Absolutely. sticking around that know the game. And ex-NHLers. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's where they huge. live now. Yeah. Huge. yeah, we just, I mean, just this past weekend in Nashville when we were there, uh, Barrett Jackman, who's played 900 games in the NHL and he's retired in St. Louis, 
his son was on the team that Carter's team was playing against. And, and so you're seeing names of, Ryan of Smith, kids. Ryan Smith, their 08 coach. Yeah, you're seeing kids of that have that have the NHL name and those those players are staying in those areas and they're and they're making the 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 game better in in those areas big time and one other interesting fact about the the uh, the NC2A college route versus like uh, the uh, major junior is I'm seeing some of these kids go to uh, a program a good programs you know uh, hockey east WCHA uh, on and on and they'll play there a year or two then go back sometimes they, they bail and like hey i'm i'm going back to major junior or going to major junior and they go back so or it's, going to portal different yeah you know, what about the portal you know about the portal <laughs> i do what yeah. are your thoughts on the portal you know what to a portal i um um i think it's really unfortunate um um you know, um, Tracy and I have um, some property in Arizona, and we were just down there last month. And um, we were um, um, Carter was on a little team with his friends from the Brick that um, had a tournament there. But Greg Powers, coach of Arizona State, yeah. his son was on the team, had a chance to spend a lot of time with him. And um, it's uh, it roster management and organize and and organizational management has almost become a full-time job based on the players going into the portal. They have the one-time uh, transfer opportunity, and it's all sports. It's not just ho- right. well, hockey. Started yeah. with football. Started right. with football. Yeah. And I think that it's really unfortunate. How, how, how are you able to you know, build a, a culture when players exactly. are coming in for one year? Your players are going out in a year. Players are coming in in a year. And it, it almost becomes a professional Big model. Time. And I, I just think that that's unfortunate. You look back at our college experience, you know, you at, at Tech and, and, and as a player at UAA, you know, you come in as a freshman and you, you develop and you have a group of, 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 of teammates that become lifelong friends. Yeah. And I think that the, the trials and tribulations and the experiences you get are based on that for your career. Now we know, like, even when I was coaching, uh, you know, Curtis Gillingcross was only here for two years yeah. and that's, and that's fine. He's, he's moving on, but yeah, he didn't go majority, to another college. Though. Yeah. A mo- majority of those players are, are staying for, for their college experience there. So I, I think it's unfortunate, but it is the way of, of, of the game right now. It's the way of sport. And, it's uh, it, only time will tell to see how it works out. I, I don't think it's a good thing, no. but I also think that, you know what, it's, it's driven by, it, it's not really driven by hockey. It's driven by uh, the Power Five uh, revenue-based sports, and that's football and basketball. And if, 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 if you, like a UAA or a Michigan Tech or, or some of these other Division II schools, they don't have Power 5 football. If you play Power 5 football, it's a whole different world right. comparable to what other colleges have, and I think you're all getting uh, looped in, uh, unfortunately, by that situation. Well, I mean, can you imagine you as a senior at UAA going, yeah, I'm going to the portal. I'm going to go to wherever, Maine or somewhere. Arizona a better State. chance. To, yeah, Arizona State. And that's what they're doing. These like guys that play three years at one college, and it's like I cannot wrap my mind around it. Sorry, boys. I'm, I'm out of here. I, I saw that, that, so that's what I thought of you the other day. I was on Twitter, and this kid was – you know, thanking for all his coaches and everything. After three years, I've decided, made a tough decision to enter the portal. And I think, interesting enough, I think he was going to Arizona State. But he had just spent three years with another team. And it's like, yeah, 
See ya. There, there was a, a an astronomical number of like 400 players in the NCAA yeah. hockey portal. It was, it was right plugged. Now. It was plugged. It and was plugged. and it's uh, it, it's really unfortunate. But you know, it, it's the times right now. And um, I, I give uh, like those guys a lot of credit that are are having to um, you know maneuver through that and and try to keep their uh, program competitive and also too is you know graduating players that like when you're when you're going to the ncaa hockey route uh, your job is to uh, create young people that are going to be successful in in their next job and some of them are going to be professional hockey players but some are also going to do other things and i think it's very difficult to uh to see that so many players are are going to multiple campuses and the whole bit it's tough no, it's it's a, and I've talked about it before about th- when I even learned about the, the the portal, and uh, my big thing was that you know these these guys these coaches recruit a player to you know to buy into their hockey culture whatever that is I want you to be a UAC well I, you're, here's what we're gonna do blah blah and then they come in for their pregame or their post game wrap or their post season wrap up yeah. and they're like uh, yeah just enter the portal <laughs> it's like. Oh, I kind of want to be a Seawolf. Not end of the portal. Like- you know what, Reed? And, and again, we're, we're looking at it. We can all kind of, you know, maybe look into the crystal ball of the future and stuff. And unfortunately, and, and I, I say this not negatively, but unfortunately, the portal might be the thing that saves UA hockey down the road. Because, yeah, that is true. Because, um, you know, um, Matt Curley, who's just an amazing guy, Great, great coach, great, great human, human being. Great human. Um, he's in a tough position. With if 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 the program is saved, which we're all hoping and 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 getting the support to save it, he'll probably have to go to the portal to, to build his a team, team to yeah. build yeah. his team on the short term. Yeah. With having a a a eye on the future to having some of those uh, four year players. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's one of those deals that's uh, it, we've seen that change in in hockey and and um, um, I I don't think it's a good change, but it, it it's part of where we're at. Well, uh, speaking of, that's a good segue, real quick before we get into the meat and potatoes here of uh, save the Sea Wolves. I think they're at like two point a little over two million, two point yeah, one. Yeah. So they're nine hundred thousand. Um, and hopefully, so uh, save the seawolves dot com. If, if anyone listening, uh, if you if they got all sorts of stuff going on. I know they had a uh, a couple fundraising auction, which raised about thirty k. They're having yep. a golf tournament coming up, yep. um, so they got some good stuff going on. So so uh, do what you can to save the seawolves because as we talked about, we can't lose this team. Um, but speaking of that, and I don't know the answer, but so we, we raise this money. What, what's the plan after let, let's, I'm going to say that we're going to save the sea wolves. What is the plan moving forward? And, and so it's, it, it's gotta be like, it's building a rink and let's get serious. Because you, you know what? I, I've been, I was involved, um, through the winter time helping the, uh, political action, uh, committee and, and, and the Kathy Bethards and the, and the Paul Bates is yeah. Jerry Dewhurst just, wonderful people that have they're hitting it hard. that that are 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 so passionate over you know 40 years of yeah. of, of seawolf hockey um i i think that um the plan is is that uh they'll they'll raise the money and then they're going to take the year to really build the um the the product back up um it's not going to be just an on ice product this is about um a constant and uh, uh, having a, a, a program for the next 25 years, next 30 years, 
another 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of things that are there. We're going to have to be an independent program, at least for the short term. Um, and that's okay. I mean, we were in an independent program. There's a lot of teams that need the um, Alaska exemption, which if you play in the state of Alaska or Hawaii, the games that you play there are exempted and you get to add two games. So my call out to Brad, my former teammate, uh, Brad Berry, the coach at North Dakota, come and play us. You need that two games to in, in the Palace and Engelstead Arena, and uh, that'll help Heck your yeah. budget. So yeah. um, I think that um, that's going to be a big um, um, segue to – to moving the program forward. Um, it, it, the, Matt has got an unbelievably difficult job, and I know that um, uh, there's a lot of people here that want to help him. And, 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 you know, we've worked so hard in the state of Alaska to um, have a step at the ladder, uh, every step all the way to the top of the ladder. And right now, if if UA is, is, is saved, which – you know, we're, we're, we're going to plan on they're going to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. You'll have every step of the ladder. You'll have a kid that starts out and learn to, learn to skate hockey in a program in Anchorage. Doesn't matter which one. And now there's a step everywhere to the ladder, and he could play at UA. And yeah. I think that is uh, a unique situation. It's not everywhere, and um, um, it makes us Fairbanks – uh, the same way there's 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 a, a great opportunity for that well i think there's it's just a matter of time too until there's hockey in the west coast i can't believe it already hasn't happened we've talked about it before there's tons of schools in the west coast that have great uh, club teams and on and on and hell hawaii hey, let's go start that one we'll start uh, uh, i'm gonna go in the portal now we're gonna go in the portal of hawaii i'll be in honolulu <laughs> I, I i you know what um I think that um, it opened up a lot of eyes when Arizona State went. Um, yeah. Greg Powers has done an, uh, an unbelievable job. Yeah, it's it's Arizona. It's, Hard to recruit uh, there. It's I would it's yeah. it's Pac-12. Um, uh, great story. I was coaching uh, uh, fourteen tier one a, a number of years ago, and we were in uh, Burnaby for a Christmas tournament, and UBC. University of British Columbia and Simon Fraser put on a little Christmas tournament and Oklahoma's club team was there and Arizona State's club team and they were staying at the same uh, hotel as us so I was up having coffee breakfast and Greg was there Greg Powers and he was sitting there and I went up to him and I said coach I Keith Morris I, I used to coach at Alaska Anchorage and God I'm really impressed with your team being a club team and stuff and I go how do you do it And he goes Keith it's not very difficult to recruit <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To, to Arizona yeah. in, in January. So he, he was getting he was getting college basically eligible players that could have played Division One or Division Three to co-play club in uh, Arizona State. Great school. Um, you know, I think with them going, you, you see now uh, Lindenwood in St. Louis yep. going to be coached by the former NHL Rick Zombo is, is uh, going Division One in a year. Uh, Max Helgeson, uh, one of our local kids, is going there. Um, you Trent Burnham you, too, I think. I haven't I thought, heard. I thought he was, but I haven't heard about Trent yet. But he's having such a great year in the USHL. I think that he'll have certainly yeah. great options. I think that um, you know Long Island was a real surprise in the hockey uh, community that they went. They had a great first year. Um, just, Shackle went there, yeah. 
Uh, he is. Yep. Uh, seeing these uh, programs Saint jump Thomas, up. Saint Thomas is making the jump from Division Three to Division One. Rico Blase, legendary yeah. coach from Miami, is is just got the job there. You're seeing programs take the step, and I I think that in a place like you you got to really look at where the NHL is, has a footprint. The NHL has a footprint yep. in in Arizona, in Nevada now. Um, California, Seattle, Washington, Seattle, Washington. <laughs> I'm, I think that, and, and those ownership groups are, are wealthy and they could be part of the, um, development of college hockey. I would not be surprised within five years, you'll see other programs jump up. And if that's the case, then I think it's going to really help Anchorage and Fairbanks moving forward. Yeah. So we, it's fair to say, and I agree or disagree. It seems like there's, there's more uh, Division One college hockey talent than there are teams. I mean, you got, and that's always been like that. You always have a guy that maybe got overlooked and played D3, but is a stud. Um, but it seems to me there's a lot of good players coming out, and and maybe as a result from having the NHL teams where they're at, it's just going to continue that. So I think there's room for the college game anyway to grow. I do, and I, and I and I think it's also going to help the Division Three game. I mean, you know, there are some unbelievable um division three um uh, college hockey opportunities yeah. for kids and if you're a good student and you test well you can get in on some tremendous financial aid offers and and almost like full scholarships and um you know and have a great four-year career and 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 get a good education and and then be successful post hockey yeah that that's the thing with division three of people don't know you don't get any there's no there's no athletic scholarships it's all academic so but like you said you can if you're a good student yep. you can you can make it work for sure you, you and i probably wouldn't have got much probably aid probably not no <laughs> no it's a it's a good uh good good shout out there yeah i'm not the smartest guy around uh so let's get in the meat and potatoes so um uh anchorage wolverines so you got the null team and it's been talked about forever i had been you know as you know talking to prof and and uh so congratulations on on making happen huge huge step uh for alaskan hockey i i think it's uh it's going to be one of the things that could um um, set the standard for um, hockey development in the next 10 years. And um, this project has been um, talked about for a long time, uh, really seriously for about the last two years. I know our ownership group um, approached me uh, two years ago and said that they're working on this. And um, um, last year, March 1st, we, we had a team. Um, we were ready to go and we were going to, play in the Eastern Division and um, uh, it would have been a great um, you know situation and then when the global pandemic hit um, ownership group very smart people a lot smarter than you and I yeah. read especially yeah. a lot smarter than Walt yeah. um, goes without you, saying you know um, they they hit the stop button just said you know we can't do it through this and um, but what it did is it gave me the opportunity to uh, do a lot of scouting. I've watched about 400 games this year on hockey TV, um, talked to a lot of people kind of off the record that there was a chance that this could happen. And, um, and then when it did, uh, we were able to hit the ground running. And um, um, it, it, we have a team here because we have a tremendous ownership group. Um, they are... Um, unbelievably successful in what they do professionally 
um, and uh, philanthropic and uh, really look at this as a, a, a great thing for, for the community. They're, they're not in hockey professionally. This, they have other professional jobs, and this is um, something that has been put together to uh, be good for our community, and I think that um, we're very blessed to have a, a, a tremendous ownership group. So you talk about the ownership group. It's uh, you know Aaron Shutt, Ryan Binkley, John Akai Sims, John Ellsworth, and Jay Froner. Is that pretty much yep. the majority? So yep. um, yeah, we know a lot of those people. So it's uh, it, it's good. And I know that uh, I know Aaron. Uh, you know, is really passionate about it um, for sure. So uh, how, how does that structure work? Like, I mean, is it all when you make a decision? Like watching tape, I love this kid. Do you do you have to run it up the ladder, or is it all no, end no, with you? No, no. I think I, well, first off, we have um, you know Kai Binkley Sims is our president. Um, she is uh, an, a really, really smart, tremendous leader. Um, um, she, her, and and others are are doing an unbelievable job of putting together the the business plan for this team. You know, I'm in charge, director of hockey operations. I'm in charge of the hockey side of things, but we've got a coach. Um, Mike Aikens, long, long time uh, junior um, coach. He's been in the USHL, the BC Junior Hockey League, the North American League, the old North American League in yeah. Billings, Montana. So um, he's uh, he's he's got tremendous experience. Him and I actually are the same age. So, uh, you know, um, uh, we, we've, we've known each other for a long time. And we're going to have other younger um good coaches um that have ties to alaska that are going to be involved in our our product but um you know when i make a decision on on the hockey deal i i certainly you know talk to mike and you know get his blessing and we work together and you know i think that that collaboration i i say that word um very seriously you know, you have to collaborate on a lot of things and, and, and make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're making good decisions, um, on so many different things. I mean, when you're talking about players, you know, um, high character, good, good people, um, coachable, coachable, yeah. all, all the, all the words that yeah. we, we use in, in, in hockey, but also in life too, you know, they, you know, those are the things that you win the war in the end. So uh, we're we're very fortunate. Got a, a like I said, a tremendous group, and we're 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 excited about uh, you know moving this thing forward. So Co- Coach Aches, I, I know Aches actually. Small world that hockey is. Yes, it is. He, he was uh, he's from Rochester, Minnesota. So he was a senior at John Marshall when I was playing in Rochester, and he got called up for like two games to check it out. And then the next year, he was a hell of a player too. Next year, he played on the on the Stangs, and then uh, I believe he went to Denver. Then he got his career got cut short by he got injured. I mean, he was a, he was a, he was a stud hockey player. It, it was uh it was one of those deals. We were freshmen the same year, 1989. And, uh, uh, Mike actually ended up getting a neck injury that, yeah. that finished his career off. And, um, he got right into coaching right away. And, um, uh, just, uh, you know, one of those, you know, life things that it comes to you and you have to make a, a life decision, but he's, he's done that. Um, he's back in Rochester. Yeah. Living, uh, working for the NA3 team Grizzlies. when and and they just lost in, to North Iowa in the uh, Fraser Cup National yep. Championship. But he was there and he was working at the Mayo Clinic. They had a uh, a training center 
with a treadmill and, and the whole bit. And he was doing that. And, um, his wife, uh, hope is a nurse at the Mayo and, and, um, he has two daughters and, um, one's going to go play, uh, golf, college golf at Augsburg. Yeah. Um, cities uh, there, right in the cities, yeah. uh, sister, uh, or school to, uh, the U, the U, um, yeah. and, uh, and then he has a really, really good, uh, young, uh, sophomore who's a soccer player. So, uh, he has a very athletic family, but he was doing that. And when the opportunity to, you know, get involved, I actually called him on players and, it went a different direction. We got a, a, a someone um, in the hockey world called us and said, you know, he might be interested in doing this. And um, through all that, it's worked out, and we're very uh, pleased that he's going to be our coach. Yeah, yeah. No, Aches a, Aches a hell of a guy. Uh, not seen Aches in a while, but uh, was there any Alaskan finalists or that's on my the radar list yep. uh, for coaching? There, there was. There was. We had some. We had some really good candidates and. Um, um, and we had some, you know, we, out of the seven finalists that we had that interviewed, um, uh, five of them had Alaska ties and, um, uh, they were all outstanding candidates. Um, our ownership group decided, um, that we needed as a, as a expansion franchise, little experience and, knowing how, you know, junior hockey was, was going to run, not from the, you know, almost the on ice product, but the off ice product. There's and a lot more to it. Having, having, ice, yeah. having a understanding about how um, junior hockey was, was being run. We had, like I said, great candidates from, from the youth game, from the college game, and then um, uh, one, uh, some pro experience. But it just, this felt right to the ownership group and, uh, and and then we were excited that Mike wanted to be involved. Any so. any other null coaches put in for it? Uh no no. I, what your thoughts on uh, I don't know if you heard of this Kevin Murdoch getting pink slipped by Kenai. Um, <laughs> I um, game day nonetheless. Game day. I, I, yeah. I, I heard about that yesterday, and um, I I I don't know much about what was going on, Reed, and I I I don't want to comment on it right. other than the fact that. Uh, I thought uh, Doc did a great job in um, Kenai, a very um, difficult um, situation, being um, in a pandemic, basically taking your whole organization on the road for all those months. Yeah. And um, he did a very good job of, of, of making Kenai competitive. And, and um, it's, it's, un healthy right now. It, it's, it's unfortunate about that happening. And I just, I wish Kevin the best of luck. Yeah. I, the way I heard on the street, I don't have any ties to anybody. So he was going to take a job, uh, an NA3 job, and the ownership uh, head then found out about it and just said, see ya. Uh, that, <laughs> well, that also show you the money that's in the NA3 now, too. Maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe. I was, I was surprised because I think Kenai, you know, uh, three years ago when Sutton and Cam went down there, they were uh, they were like barely had a team. It was like save the Seabulls, just save the Brown Bears. Yeah, they so were like, Soldatna saved them, didn't they? Dude, they, are, they were, uh, you know, when Sutton was down there, I mean, they were, um, it, it's a great, well, pre great atmosphere. Pre-pandemic, they were like number one in the league. Yeah. Cradge and all those guys. Yeah, I they mean, did they, really they good. They were really, really good. I think good. both uh, Fairbanks and Kenai made the playoffs. So. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's no, I, I, I think that um, it's just – it's an unfortunate situation yeah, and, and not knowing really what happened. And I'm sure it'll get out in, in, in the end. And, um, you know, 
look, we, we you wish Keenai the best of luck, and you wish uh, Kevin the best of luck. I think he's a good young coach, and um, he'll he'll uh, he'll he'll be successful uh, at his next yeah. stop. Well, we got uh, so you guys got the I uh, love the throwback to the nostalgia naming the Wolverines. Awesome. Um, that that was uh, uh, I talked to Stevie McSwain. Actually, he had a he's got an old Wolverines jersey and stuff, and it's great. So. Yeah, there's the Wolverines right there. Um, so that that's that's a nice nod to the. To it play. is, and and uh, it, it was amazing. Uh, over at Champions Choice, uh, Ray Blackadar had a, a an old jersey from from the '70s and some 1973 programs. And you look at you open it up, and it's like a history of Alaska and Anchorage hockey. Yeah. Some of the players that played there and. Um, some of those players are still in Anchorage, and uh, that says a lot about our hockey community and, and our, our community in general that some of those individuals that weren't from here stayed here and, and made lives here. So, you know what, um, we're, we're excited about the name. Um, you know, if, 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 if you really looked at it, um, the name and the colors have nothing to do with any of the youth programs in, in Anchorage. Um, the color scheme is is uh, um, kind of maybe a little bit of throwback to or to, to to the Kraken a little bit, but also the Edmonton Oilers. I know our our uh, our majority owner Aaron Shutt loves the Oilers. Reminds spends, me, I, I love spends he spends a lot of time there in his business world. Right, so right. Uh, reminds uh, me of the Islanders colors a little bit too. Yeah. So I I think that um, um, I think that every our our initial um, response has been unbelievably positive, and um, they're excited about that. And and like I said, the color scheme is um, fantastic. So well, I'm sure you guys have already thought of this, but I mean, third jersey, obviously, yeah. you're not. Back Was there to, ever any consideration to, to be black and yellow? Uh, n- not really. Gold. Black not gold. really. Black and I, gold. I, I think that uh, it was it was wanting to go s- new and 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 you know that the, again that 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 um, the the rollout and the um, the the colors and the jersey that's on on Kai yeah Binkley um, yeah, Sims she's done an, a, just an amazing job of 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 organizing that and and showing the leadership. To was there any talk of linking it to a youth program? Um, no. Okay. No, and and I, I think that um, our our approach is um, we we want to be we want to be involved with every program. Mm. Um, we want to be involved with hockey in, in South Central Alaska, and 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 um, um, be a partner to everybody. And you know, certainly, I'm sure, um, and I can say this to you guys, I'm sure that people think that uh, um, my um, um, allegiance or or, or being involved with South Anchorage and the Alaska Oilers is is what um, it, it was what is going to drive this thing, and, and it's far from the truth. We want to be involved with everybody from from the Matsu Valley to to South Anchorage, and uh, we feel that um, what we can do to help the game of hockey and and uh, move it forward is to be involved with with everybody and I hope that all the associations feel that way because that's what we want. Yeah, big time, but it does I think it would be a great maybe not right out of the gate, but I I don't see any problem with, you know, there's one AAA program now run by the state. I personally I don't know if they're doing a good job or not or how much they're involved, but I think that um if you guys were to have the Wolverines, you know, 14, 15, yeah. 16, 18 yeah. 
do that now you got your feeder program i don't know and you maybe more kids stay home because you like you said before now we have every level i want to play have, i want to play for them i want to play here i want to play for the wolverines yeah. and then hopefully play for ua and and above and beyond but yeah but maybe maybe you guys look at that i don't know it's uh you, you know what i i think that um the, in in the hockey development you need to um look at that at every avenue you can to help develop the game um, you know, certainly, uh, maybe in the future, there'll be some different things that we, we would like to do. Maybe it's a situation where, uh, us and, and, and Rob up in Fairbanks and the people down in Kenai, we do uh, a correlated effort to help hockey development. Maybe it becomes a, a spring slash summer, um, situation. Um, but I, you know, we also understand, uh, I understand more than it, probably everybody that, you know, there's been a lot of people that put a lot of time and effort into the youth programs, and 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 we don't want to see that kind of go away. No, you don't. But I mean, at at some point, like we talked about, I think it's a great move having one AAA team at every level. And we we have a small yeah. population here, so we do. what are we doing? We're not going to have you know, Alaska All Stars have one, Oilers have one. It doesn't make any sense. So I, you, I do you like know what I, I think. I think that. I think Reed though that um, you know if you look back 15 years ago, there was. There was a lot of tier one programs here, multiple teams, and I, I think we've kind of got away from that. I think that's been the change in hockey, the amateur scene in the United States. I, I think that, you know, you've seen so many leagues start up. You know, you have the tier one elite league, you have the high performance league, you have the ECEL, which is run by one of our Eastern scouts, Peter Alden, um, who um, is the commissioner of, of that league out on, in Connecticut, uh, New York area. You also have the High Performance League, which is in Detroit and Chicago. That wasn't the case years ago. No. And what happened was is players stayed at home through their se- their junior year. And if they left, they were leaving their senior year. Um, now you're seeing kids leave at, you know, Bantam Hockey. Sometimes and, at and, 12. And and uh, well, I wasn't going to say that, but. Um, uh, <laughs> you say it uh, all you want. Yeah. I Amen. Do it, I do it a thousand times in a row again. Yeah. No, and, and, and you know what? It, it, it becomes a family decision, and, and I, I don't have a problem with it. But I think people have to understand that there's just been a big change in, in how this is going. Midget hockey. I, I say this to people, and, and some people get angry about it. They get offensive. But I'm not trying to be, you know, when you get to Bantam hockey, you are now in the business of hockey. There are people showing up to evaluate you. They're scouting you. And they're looking to build programs. So you're in the business of hockey. And I think that in Alaska here, we've forgotten. Like, we don't even see that, that that's going on. But it is going on, and you're seeing these programs, these midget programs, these uh, that are recruiting players because they want to be the best program in the country. And if they see a weakness in the Pacific Northwest, let's just look at that Pacific Northwest. They see that there's not maybe the the uh, the, the challenges to put together tier one hockey. So we're going to take those players and. It's up to us to try to do the best job we can to to be competitive, and going to the one team I think is is a step in the right direction. My Merritt was the guy that really, you know, yeah. kind of pushed it a couple of years ago. Um, we just have to continue to improve. You can't do something one year and just kind of repeat it. You always have to make it better every year. And so I think that 
that's going to be the challenge for Team Alaska to make it better every year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree that's a step in the right direction. Uh, I just wish more kids would stick around. <laughs> I mean, that's a pro- problem. I mean, there's no way to have two AAA teams anywhere because they'd be, you know, they wouldn't be AAA teams with the talent we got left. You know, it's it's kind of sad that way. But but uh, anyway, I think I think with the Wolverines in town, that's definitely going to be a step in the right direction. Well, I, I agree. I mean, yeah. you know what? Um, the, the 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 ladder of development, and and I I I tell people, you know, go on the website and look at the ladder of development. They have the NAPHL. They have then the NA3, that, and then they have the North American Hockey League. There is truly a ladder of moving kids on to um, um, the highest level of hockey. And I, I think that um, um, we need to look at that and say, how can we be involved in that um, at, our, at our youth level? And if we can do that, I think we'd be in, in uh, really good shape. Yeah, so – um looking at your i want to go over like maybe you can go i don't know go player by player but you guys have, have, have tendered uh, uh up to 13 guys i think it's 13 total um can you take us through some of your guys the one guy that stands out of me is that jordan steer 132 games tw- as a d-man 24 genos 125 assists so that that guy is uh is that good offensive defenseman right there it sounds yeah. like he's a player yeah you know so when when i when i when we got the franchise and and we we were officially able to start signing players i'd already had a list of players that you know we were looking at and um you know in the pandemic i think that players were looking for places to go i think a lot of players that maybe would have moved up last year stayed in the team they were at and um there was less opportunity you know you had five teams in the north america that went dark you had wenatchee that went dark two teams in the ushl went dark for a year and so players were that and what i looked for was the the right type of player to do that the first kid we signed was a kid out of uh, pittsburgh he was actually up here at the Tier 1 National Tournament. He's an 01 out of uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, had a great year two years ago in the NCDC, which is uh, the Tier 2 league out in Boston. Um, he's a world-class skater, unbelievable kid, and uh, he's two-time captain of his team and um, felt that we needed to have those qualities in in a player. And... Um, and then we just continued to uh, um, add pieces as we went. And I wanted to get 10 to 12 kids committed before we even had the coach because I wanted to be kind of not behind the eight ball. And um, um, and then I also wanted to commit to some Alaska talent. There you go. It, it, good, it, dose. It, good dose. It, it, and we, we do. We have, we have kids that, um, um, you know, a majority of them that I coached and yeah. we know – and we know that they're the type of individuals that we want as part of our, our, our program, you know. And majority of those kids will probably be two-year players. They'll probably play as 19- and 20-year-olds. And then now we can be very selective in, in what we want to do with the rest of our roster and, and um, feeling pretty good about where we're at with things. Yeah. Is the plan initially – at least in the short term to try to target those Alaskans to get people to come. Like I know I'm definitely more interested to come watch local kids oh, yeah. for sure. Like I'll be there to watch. Is that initially kind of the, a thought? No, I, I, I think that we wanted to find players that, that um, um, could play and could have a role 
And then um, it helps that they're local kids. I mean, you know, we've done two um, events, promotions already. One with uh, a local restaurant. I think you guys probably saw it online. Burgers. Yeah. yeah. Burgers. 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 Yes. The Wolverine the, Burger? The Wolverine Burger. Ooh. And we did a... I'm not died or I'd be there. So. <laughs> you look fantastic, you might by need, the way. You might need a burger yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I think we did that. And then yesterday we, we teamed with uh, Elite Sports Performance with saw Billy Crumb yeah. over there and yeah. did uh, some, some uh, cleanup of our city for the environmentalists of our our community which yeah. is fantastic yeah. I, I think that it helps when you have some local talent there the other thing is is that we're fortunate like if you live in Aberdeen South Dakota or you live in Wichita Falls Texas like they don't have a player pool that we have here and if you're going to play junior hockey and you have a chance to play at home and you can live in your own house or, or, or take classes and do the things you need to do to continue to be a student athlete. Um, playing at home is fantastic. So we're, we're oh, fortunate yeah. that way. Yeah. It's not like, um, you know, this week we've, when, when other teams will be lo- losing players, their whole player pool will be lo- moving out of city. We've got players moving back into our yeah, city, yeah. kids that have played elsewhere that are going to sign with us. And then, you know, myself and, and Merritt and others will have a chance to develop them and track their, their, their off-ice development so that they're going to be ready to go come August. It's a really unique situation, and, and we're, we're blessed that we have that opportunity. Well, there, there's definitely a buzz, I know, with the kids and the youth hockey. Oh, yeah. And with that, I mean, kids are looking at, like, I, I can play yeah. hockey in my own town. How cool is yeah. that? And it's it fucking is. really it, cool. <laughs> it, it really is. And, and um, you know, is that going to change the, 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 the course of development? It could be. You know what? Um, now, if I play for the Tier One program in in the area, I can maybe practice with the junior team uh, um, if I continue to develop. Maybe I could be called up as an affiliate player. There's all these things that are are part of it, and I also think too is it's going to help the Fairbanks and the Kenai. This is this is going to be a group effort, and, Big time. and 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 people forget. You know, 20 years ago when Rob got the the Ice Dogs going. He was all Alaskan. His team was almost all Alaskan. Alaskan and Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, the Sioux. Which, exactly. which, which I always, I always tease him. I, I, that's like a suburb of Fairbanks. So yeah. Um, but that's people forget about that. And I think when you see the kids down in Kenai and and you know the leading scorer of the Ice Dogs this year is Brett Link, who was a part of our O2 group and rolling around uh, the country and, and, and the NAPHL. And, and there's a local kid that's from South Anchorage that's, that's doing well with, with Fairbanks. So there's all these players here. We just need to be able to put them in the right uh, development um, path and, and to help them move forward. Well, I'd love to see you get, you grabbed uh, uh, Goody Arrows. Goody's just, he's a great player. And he's going to bring some, some uh, leadership, hopefully, to your club. I mean, he played what? This is three-year juniors, is and uh, then he was committed to UA, and and, and now that, it, it's you know, it's it's amazing. And um, um, there, great there's, kid. There's almost outside of maybe a, a Minnesota um, area team. There's no other place where you could literally take a kid off the 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 the, the hockey heap, and he's a D1 player. And he's played two years in the USHL already. And because UAA is going through some transition, he still has a year of junior left. And you can put him, you can put him in your lineup. There's no other team really in the league that can do that. So we're 
we're blessed that uh, Skyler's going to be playing for us. That's we're, great. Uh, we think that, again, another uh, Alaska kid that is um, here, um, you know, skates with uh, our group in the mornings with Merritt, 6 a.m. I mean, these are the commitments that these kids are making, and that's only going to help our product moving forward. You know, I coach Goody. He's, he's, uh, he loves the game. He's in love with the game. He does work. I mean, he's always up and at it and puts yep. the work in. So that's the kind of guys you want. So now, like, as people may or may not know, when you tender guys and every team's different, um, you know, just because you tender a guy doesn't mean he's on the team. You still got to make the team, obviously. But you, you're thinking most of your guys are, are going to stick around. We, ho- we are. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we're doing things a little bit differently, Reed. I mean, uh, um, we have um, a, a futures camp coming up for 2006, 2007, and some select 2008s that we're going to talk to here um, moving forward that we want to get, get, in, get in on the rink, be around our, our program, be around some of our kids that have signed. And, and you know, they'll, 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 they'll get a, a, a jersey and a T-shirt. And you, you know what? We want them wearing that to the rink so that they're they're proud of it, and yeah. hopefully, hopefully that continues to to elevate them and and move it forward. We have uh, two pre-draft camps coming up, Reed. Uh, one June 25th through the 27th, and then uh, in, here at Anchorage, the only Junior A camp that will be in Anchorage this year for the North American Hockey League because uh, Fairbanks and Kenai are doing some different things, and that's all based on the pandemic and the amount of time that that you can do camps um and then we have our last pre-draft camp in grand forks north dakota at anglestead arena and oh, nice. um, that will give uh, us an opportunity to see some last minute kids before uh um the the draft on july 14th and then we're, we're bringing our we're bringing our our protected kids to alaska and we're going to get started we're not doing a main camp in the lower 48 like that's one of my other, questions. Yeah, like a lot of other teams have done. Um, you know, we're we feel comfortable that what we have, these kids have to come in and they gotta work and they gotta do the things they do. But we've made a commitment to that, and and that's important. I feel that it's different. We're kind of setting it up, as I've talked to Mike about in our ownership group. We're setting this up like a a Western Canadian um, team on how they do it, and also. Um, almost the the pro hockey model yeah. where we're going to have a camp and we're going to get to know the kids and we're going to we're going to get ahead of the curve if we if we have a few extra weeks of training and development we feel that we'll come out and we'll be better off uh, when the puck drops uh, for games yeah, well it, it's definitely exciting one one question i had is like anchorage is a uh, the anchorage hockey fan let's put it that way yeah very very particular uh on uh, one thing, and that is, I just did a Steve Glenn. Did you hear that? Uh, <laughs> purse the old lips. Uh, they they love a winner, you know. So, uh, like, how long do you think? Uh, Before, hope, hope, yeah. Hopefully, the first year. But when are we looking at a team that's going to compete? I mean, the Nall well, is pretty pretty. It's it's a it's a great league, yeah. and um, um, you know, there's the you know three teams are coming back in this year. Um, there's an expansion team in El Paso, Texas. Um, look, we're, we want to be competitive right away and we're not, we're not, um, we're not looking at this as, um, we're going to have to take three to five years to do that, that we, we can't afford to do that. That'll sink the ship. But if you see, we've got a lot of our, our players that have committed our, our Oh two and Oh one 19 to 20 year old guys, they're going to be mature. They're going to be older. 
they're going to come in here. They're going to know what they have to do. And I feel that that's probably going to be a, 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 a bonus or an advantage for us to be, to be competitive. Does that mean that we're going to uh, be raising the Robertson cup next year? I don't know because you don't know in, right. in, uh, right. in May, play the game. May, May, on May 2nd, you don't know what, what, what's happening, but I know that, um, um, Anchorage is going to be proud and they're going to be excited about what we're going to put on the ice. Where, so when did you say your season was going to start? You guys are going to start in August training together? Training camp will start in August. And, uh, First games? We'll be, we'll be, so it'll be, um, there'll be some exhibition games to be announced. Okay. Um, um, we're working on that right now. And but but um, the first games will be on the road. Okay. We'll be playing on the road uh, for the first bit. Like what? like Reed, you know, yeah. Key and I oh, yeah. did. And, and um um, Fairbanks has done the the the, the NAHL showcase, which is in Blaine, yep. which might be it's the, insane. It's which a, it's might be insane. the the biggest hockey event in the world. I think it is. Yeah. Um, it goes on uh, the third week of September, so you can plan on seeing the Wolverines play at home um, probably the middle of October. Okay, so and, it, and it's at the Sullivan Arena. That yeah. should give them time to steam clean that. Yeah, place. that's what I'm saying. Like, what you worried about getting? I have any a fire. <laughs> I have a firefighter friend, and he says the place is in need of some deep, serious, deep yeah, some serious TLC. And it, what what's the what's the goal for the Sully? Like a thousand fans, two thousand? Do you want to sell the bottom bowl? Curtain off the top. Curtain obviously. off the top. Yeah, I mean, what's so the um, a lot of those things, guys, will be announced on June first. I think that's the date for the tickets. I really can't um, 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 say too much ab about it but what I will say is is that um, we're, we're excited to to be playing at at the Sullivan Arena the infrastructure that's there from the college program and the former professional program the aces is still in place um, it's a great venue to play hockey at we also need know that there's some challenges there that need to be worked out, um, you know, with with what's happening right now in, in our community. So um, I know that uh, they're, they they do have a plan for us, and our ownership group feels com confident that we'll be back at Sullivan when when it's ready, and um, and then we'll we'll be ready to go. Well, that, that's good news because I mean, it was I was not a big fan of that whole. Uh, so, is the plan to stay on there. the kind of stay on the road possibly until it's for sure ready, ready to play there? No, I, I think that uh, you What's know the there, backup. There, rank? I, I think there is a, a backup oh. rink, and um, um, it, it it's it's um, you know hopefully we won't have to go that direction. But you know I know that there's um, there there is a secondary plan that's there, um, but we feel that. Um, We'll have that flexibility to be able to come back from our first road trip and maybe play a weekend in Kenai and maybe a weekend in Fairbanks to be able to give us time to get uh, the things in place that we need to do. Well, and then, so we've got one more team, which is awesome, Anchorage Wolverines, but there's talk of a possible fourth team. Any idea where that's going? I mean, that, that, that I talked to Prof, and he was pretty, you know, black and white it's like with four teams it makes it even better because i don't know if people know that uh the wolverines uh the ice dogs the brown bears they have to pay for these teams to come up here yep. and it costs a lot more money to get to alaska than it does to get from wisconsin to minnesota per se yep. so um there's talk of maybe a, a four team in alaska division at some time in the future this is obviously one step big step to make that happen yeah reed it's 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 a it's it's a massive 
step forward. Um, three teams from a standpoint of logistics only is, is not ideal per se, but we also know that um, to get the fourth team, you have to get the third team, right? Yeah. So we feel that uh, we're, in, we're in a good position to do that. When you're looking around, there's only so many markets that, that you could do. I mean, um, I, I've said it for a couple of years. I mean, you know, the, the, the Matsu Valley market is, is, uh, is, is big. Like the population now is it's the second biggest area in the state. I think it's even past the Fairbanks population market, but it's had junior hockey there before. And, um, I, 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 we're not sure if it will work there, you know, um, from a standpoint of, of the, the past, I, I, We'll say it on the podcast here, and I've felt this way for a long time. I think Eagle River is the place to have uh, a team. Someone asked me, uh, well, you know, the the, the NAHL has a uh, um, 75-mile radius radius of not putting a team in, and um, I told them I think that our ownership group would pass a 75-foot rule. Yeah. I think that uh, Eagle River is a um, uh, very well-supported uh, community. You're still close enough to Anchorage to get the logistical support you need. And, um, you know, I think that the the MAC Center is a fantastic building. Certainly there would be some things that you could do to maybe improvements, improvements yeah. that, that could make it uh, work. Community room, bye-bye. Community room. Uh, we, have, we already talked about because we did the ERHL uh, all-star game there with the beer garden, first time ever, three years ago, two years ago. Um, so you put a beer garden in each corner of that, and you wrap around. You can put 1,200 people in there. 100%. And that's not bad. I mean, I've been to – I don't know if you've been to Wilkes Bar or Wilkes Bury. Where, where, they get, where they get 120. Maybe. And they're in a practice rink. I mean, it's horrible. Glancy, where's the art? Where's the dump way, and Way better. So – so uh, and the other, the other thing about Eagle River too is you, it's just it's you get a lot of military folks and you go back up to Prof what he's done up there, the military population there those guys they go to the games and there's nothing like junior hockey games where you can actually have a beer in your seat yeah. and Dude. and those guys get after it and I, and we'll I, have this, you'd have the same thing uh, I, hopefully you have the same thing in Anchorage I mean come I, on let's I go. think I think that um, an Eagle River North American Hockey League team would be a a tremendous thing and like. Rob has said for a number of years, you get to the fourth team and this, um, this, this division or these team, the, the organizations are going to be able to be saved, survive, you know, yeah. from a standpoint of moving forward. Um, it just makes it so much easier logistically. And, you know, um, I think that it would be fantastic to have that, 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 fourth team in this area so that it would uh spur on tremendous rivalries or or participation or um the ability to um you know sell the the ticket drive that you need to make it work no uh, it, well, yeah. it, it's uh, i'm excited man because I, I we talked about the eagle thing when i used to be at the max eagle Center. river rapids yeah uh, it'd be it'd Shout be great and, and and i think you're right i, I don't think it's going to cannibalize the product you have in anchorage Not at, at all I, I think i actually think it helps the product if you had a team in eagle river i think it helps the product based on the ticket sales alone and the one thing is and and like you guys were talking about before um you know eagle river supports their um 
their uh, community. They they come out to watch the 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 high school games. They they support the community, and you're close enough to Anchorage where you could have the support of you know the logistics, the busing, the uh, uh, hotel space, the things that are needed to make it work. It's ten miles yeah. down the road, so big time. I mean, so you guys are going to be in the Midwest division with Janesville Magicians. Obviously, the Ice Dogs and the Brown Bears and the Chippewa Steel. And Springfield, that's coming back in this year. Oh, they're coming back in. So you have six, you have seven in there? Wow. That's huge. Um, That's a good – and the Midwest Division has always been pretty good. Fairbanks not at the top of it. That's kind of weird. Prof, I don't know know, what's going on. Well, I'll I'll, I'll be honest. (laughs) Figure it out, Prof. After – and I've said this to Rob a number of times this year, and um, I'm I'm just so impressed with what – Fairbanks and Kenai have been able to do to keep their season going. To, for what they were able to do for those kids this year is um, it was an unbelievable, uh, uh, almost an insurmountable uh, challenge. And they were able to pull it off. They're back in Alaska, even though there are some um, stipulations to their gameplay, the, the population. And um, I heard that uh, Fairbanks wasn't allowed to sell alcohol this past weekend based on um, some of the, you know, situations up in Fairbanks. But they're here, and they're, they've given the kids a tremendous year of, of being able to play, um, you know, and I think that that's uh, commendable. The yeah. product was fantastic, by the way, Janesville yeah. and Fairbanks. The product on, on ice was amazing, and the fans were great, and they were definitely serving alcohol. The weekend that, that I was there. That, yeah. That's a good segue. I mean, what what is going to be the rule? And that's always bugged me about the Sullivan Arena, especially during a UA game. They only go to the freaking – you have to go to the one corner and with everyone else and their brother and trying to pound down a beer. <laughs> or three. And you, then you have your second one, then you're missing the freaking first <laughs> five, ten minutes of the freaking second period or whatever. Are you guys going to have – is it going to be a dry side, wet side? Maybe you don't know. Maybe but Odd Man Rush. Can we please – and Odd Man Rush, we're going to talk about that. Right. Uh, we've got an enforcer who you know, ties well in with hockey. But um, are we going to be able to sit in our seat and have a, have a glass of beer? That's what I want to want to know. I, mean, I, I, I don't have that knowledge for me, but I can tell you that we're, <laughs> we're going to do everything we can to make it a great um, fan experience. Good, good. That's good. Because I think, I mean, that's, I think that could have saved the Seawolves way back when if I just could have had a beer in my seat. I mean, t- totally. Jesus. And well, the fan experience would be better with Odd Man Rush as well. Exactly. Thank you. Enforcer. And some sensation and, cryo. And, and, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, maybe Wolverine beer. Maybe a special brew. Maybe a special collaboration. Maybe a, yes. maybe a Hollywood Mo Money Morris special brew. Yes. <laughs> yes. Made with real bits of Wolverine. You know, it's good. <laughs> real bits of Wolverine. You nailed it. Um, so real, co- uh, I, we did reach out to some, actually you, you, uh, you threw some guys under the bus. I'm gonna throw a crafty under the bus. Never got back to me. Rob Khan never got back to me. Um, you guys are in deep shit, but, uh, the guy who did get back to me, John Hill, and he had, uh, spoke very highly of you. Um, great, uh, recruiter and, uh, evaluator of talent. Uh, Jay Beagle, if you know him, uh, Nathan Decent. Lawson, another one, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, you you got high marks from a guy that's been around uh, the game you know, longer than all of us. So. You know what? Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, um, John was an assistant coach when I was playing, and um, we had a uh, um, great relationship. Got even closer after my playing days were done, and I was blessed to be able to work on staff with with John. Um, you know, first class guy. Um, 
he took the program in the short term. He was the head coach here um, to great levels. Um, it was really unfortunate that um, there was a, a disagreement between the athletic director at the time and, and John. Um, but he's uh, he's uh, uh, j- had a tremendous hockey career working for uh, uh, in the scouting world now, and and um, uh, I learned a lot from John in how to develop um, you know uh, ideology on what we were looking for for players, and um, uh, he gave Jack and I tremendous um, leeway in 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 building our careers and uh and, and learning the, the game and um um always yeah, wonderful friend and um and just a tremendous guy yeah great great hockey mind a uh, former bartlett bear by the way bartlett go bears. bears go bears go bears uh, the only other guy that got back to me and one of these guy i want to get on the on the program not that i don't want crafty and, and rob con on the program though no, we'll, we'll get to those guys you maybe go bump down the list a little bit now but that's okay uh dino turbo <laughs> Turbo says that uh, when you came in, obviously you're a big body. How, how, how big? You're six two, six one, six, six two. one, two hundred, two hundred. No, I, I, when I came into UAA, I was about 175 pounds. I was uh, wow, that's skinny. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I, I uh, being a Western Canadian kid um, and being 18, um, wasn't uh, hadn't really uh, introduced myself to the weight room yet. So. Took me a couple of years to learn how to do it, and um, um, certainly uh, when I came in and I saw Turbo in there throwing around weight, yeah. I was like, "Wow, I got some work to do." Right. He's still pretty thick. Well, yeah, he's. Th- <laughs> That's a different <laughs> thing now, though, with the big guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Turbo said that your your trainer Kevin, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Kevin Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, Kevin Cooper. Kevin Cooper used to rough you up on the road, so you'd start throwing your body around. So you're a little, I don't want to use the term soft, but you were playing, you know, you started, you got to use that big frame of yours once you did put on the beef and you got to be like 185, 200 pounds. So he would beat on you, and yeah, and, and then you would, uh, he says, all, all you did was laugh. You were just laughing at this. I don't know how big this guy is, but probably not very big. But mm-hmm. So I guess that guy was like, finally, then you started to uh, take that aggression and, and uh, start uh, nailing guys out there. Which yeah. Is, play it physical. So that's the only thing I got from him. But uh, Dino would be a good guy to get on the podcast. Uh, I mean, he, I'm telling you, if you want to have a couple hours of A couple la- hours. I think it would be like eight to ten hours. It, it could be. It could be a full-time yeah. day with uh, Turbo Jesus. here. He uh, – um, yeah, he Maybe is uh, two he, air. Yeah. He uh, he he is uh, uh, one of a kind, and um, you know you look back at your uh, your your hockey career and your experience about teammates, and um, he literally sticks out as uh, 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 one of the the best characters uh, I ever played with. But uh, you know he's uh, that we you know this year with the pandemic, uh, Cameron and Cooper were back at home after their season was shut down, and yeah, they got shut down early, right? Yeah, November. Yeah, yeah. It was it was rough, tough deal. But um, you know, they they were very fortunate, you know, working out at Elite and and then skating every day and and uh but they played in the Wednesday night hockey and and Cooper was uh Turbo's uh defensive he partner and oh, um, um uh he would come home and say, "Boy, you know, Turbo Turbo's got to pick it up out there." <laughs> <laughs> we, and we would have a good laugh about that. So uh, Turbo's probably doing a lot of energy conservation, I would say, in his game. Yeah, yeah. Like we all do uh, as we get older. Yeah, yeah. He, he, like like always, uh, you know, we had the, in the locker room there, we had the fat bench, and uh, Turbo and I were on the fat bench yeah. with, 
Well, I think Maisie was there, and so was Corey Wright, and maybe it was the age bench. Maybe it's the sure. age bench. Yeah. I think Maisie's lost some weight. Maisie looks good out there. He looks there. good. I mean, you know, he's a fireman, so all they do is work out for a living. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Watch well, TV. Speaking of, I'm not sure if I'm on this diet alone at this point, but... Uh, Lions is hiding. Jen never even said he was on it. We were supposed to be all be on a diet. I'm the only guy. That's whoa, whoa, actually, whoa. well, I'm on a diet. I just haven't lost any weight. Yeah, it's, it's tougher as you get older. That's for sure. It's tough. It's it's, it's tough. But yeah. uh, I'm down to 188. I'm below 190. First time, long time. So so I, yeah. I one Eagle River product, um, Alaska Blue Devil, uh, Jackson Robert Carrick, uh, one of my favorite players of all time. I know one of yeah. Reed, Reed's favorite players of all time. He wanted me to ask you about the time that you took him directly from the airport to play the Oakland Junior Grizzlies 15U team after flying all night and something about McDonald's cheeseburgers. The Rotten Ronnies, huh? Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's uh, – uh, we got off the plane. So when, we, <laughs> when, uh, when I coached that group, we would be uh, uh, traveling, and, and our, our motto was as soon as we get off, we're going to play as many games as we can. Oh, yeah. We literally got off the plane in Detroit and um, – um, there was nachos on, uh, on the plane for pregame, and uh, we had about an hour and 15 minutes, and the kids were starving. And we, okay, right through the McDonald's drive-through, 20, 25 cheeseburgers, and they were ralphing them down. And and um, when you're was, young, you can do that. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, the great thing about that group was, is uh, you know what it. It didn't matter what we threw at them. They they absolutely competed and came to play. And um, we had a lot of uh, tremendous character and passion in that group. So we're very fortunate. Jack is uh, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, just the warrior leader. Grinder. Um, oh, yeah. He is going to be uh, – and, and out of all the kids, he's just so passionate about Anchorage. You know, he was the guy that was for years going to UAA games with uh, – with Mark and Jill, and they sat in the same spot for so many years. And um, great and, family too. Yeah, great they, family. They they loved uh, they loved uh, uh, they love Anchorage, and uh, we're we're pleased to have Jack coming. Oh, back. I'm excited! I'm excited to watch him uh, for sure. Even though I'm not sure I want to talk to him today after his uh, Car Shield U18 team got beat by Shattuck yesterday Ooh. by 14. So yeah, that's that two, was tough. That's, that's two touchdowns and two extra Ouch. points. That's <laughs> hey, uh, so this guy doesn't know the full story. But he, you recently went hunting in the past couple of years uh, with deer over in Kodiak. Did you did, did you blow the horns off a deer? <laughs> hey, okay, so <laughs> look, I mean, so I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. <laughs> I'm a, a South Winnipeg uh, city boy, and uh, had, had indoorsman, had, indoorsman, and, indoorsman, and uh, hadn't had too much uh, outdoor uh, experience in my life, and uh, you know, so when you're on the, you're on a team with Strand and and uh, Allen and Tony Link and uh, Weston and and these guys, all are, hunters, all they're all, hunters, yeah. so they all started going out to uh, Zacker Bay in Kodiak, and. Uh, and then uh, uh, Cameron and Cooper came home one day, and they're like, Dad, we want to go hunting. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, go hunting. Talk to your well, mom. Okay. She'll take you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guess what? You have to come. So I'm like, so the first couple of years we went, and it was, a, it was an absolute, like, life changer. Yeah. Like, you go over there, your cell phone doesn't work for a week, yeah. and you're going up the mountains and the hills, and – and uh, it was it was a, a great thing for for our family. My my father in law uh, went 
too. And, and, uh, it, it was one of those things you, you hear about, uh, the, you know, like you talk about team, like we hunt all day and then have a couple of pops in the, in the backpack. And, and then you come back and we had these, uh, group dinners, like everybody would bring a dinner and you'd sit around and talk and play cards and, and, and then get up in the morning and do it all over again. But, uh, the first two years I didn't even shoot the gun. And, um, I got a little aggressive the third year and I, I had one in the sights and I was like, I shot it and, and it kind of broke down and I was like, I got it. And they went, you didn't get it. You, you, you got the horn. And so, so the boys brought the, the guys brought back the horns and put them on a thing for me and I got them in the garage and, uh, but I want you to know, I, I did get one that year and, um, uh, strand almost killed me. And, uh, and I actually almost killed him after the experience. Cause I was ready to, I thought I was going to die after having to go up the mountain. But, uh, um, you know, again, I, I talk about this a lot in my life. I mean, you come to Alaska and you just don't know what you're going to get into. It's certainly not what I grew up with in Winnipeg, but it's a, that's a great experience and, and life experience. We'll never forget it. You can thank Kinger for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kinger. Well, another another example of uh, you are another example of uh, you know a guy who came up here, got recruited, played at UAA, stuck around, and much like there's and there's a bunch of them. There's I don't know how many guys that stuck around, but you stuck around and and helped uh, you know foster the game in, in Alaska. And so um, you know, thank you for sticking oh, around. And uh, y- you know, you're a very very well respected coach, ton of experience. Um, I'm, I'm so happy that, that, uh, you guys got the Wolverines going and, yeah. um, yeah, best of luck. And, and people that are listening, you know, support this goddamn team. I mean, yeah. it, it's, uh, it, it's imperative and it, it's so important, uh, that we, that we get, and you guys got a good opportunity. You're going to be only game in town for a while and let's get out there and, and watch some junior hockey. So, Hell yeah, you, you know what, Reed, uh, Walt, I mean, I look back at it too, you know, um, when we came up here and, and a lot of us, you know, we just, uh, thought it was going to be a four-year uh, experience and then you move on right and um but i think what's what's so amazing about the group of guys that that came through the 80s 90s and even the early 2000s you know um uh just we, we probably met our wives here and 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 set up lives i was fortunate enough i i went outside tracy and i went outside after my college experience and we're able to come back and, and coach, but then we stayed here. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it kind of comes around full circle, you know, like my youngest is, uh, playing on, on a team out for the Oilers and, um, his coaches are Zapperzan and Lawson and Billy Learman and Scott McElroy and, and guys that, that, that were, were in the community and, and did their things. And then some of them stayed, some of them were from here and, and, um, it really makes our hockey community strong and, um, you know, it's, it's great that we were able to do that. And, and, you know, Tracy and I have been love being, uh, saying that we're from Alaska. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a big part of our identity and who we are. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and thank you again for coming on the pod. Uh, folks out there, Anchorage Wolverines, uh, get them, uh, look at them up on the, uh, Instagram. They're on the gram. They're on Facebook, all the social platforms and, uh, let's support this team and Hell go yeah. Wolverines. Go Wolverines. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, guys appreciate it. You guys got a great, uh, 
thing going here. The pod is uh, amazing. I've listened to uh, almost all of them, and I uh, had great people on before me, and uh, looking forward to uh, uh, listening to it yeah. in the future too. Awesome, friend of the pod, right friend here. of the pod, Coach right Coach Morris, Coach Morris. I love Thanks, it. Coach, and uh, I think Thanks, it's time coach. for dump and change. Mm-hmm.